0: Village, welcome to our third bonus episode of Laughter Permitted, dedicated to the 50th anniversary of Title IX. Today, we will be talking with the Mia Helm! Hey! <laughs> Mia started, starred on the U.S. Women's National Soccer Team for 17 years, is a two-time World Cup champion, two-time Olympic gold medalist. She was twice named the FIFA World Cup. Player of the Year. Yes, as in World Player of the Year, best player in the world. She played collegiately at the University of North Carolina and led the Tar Heels to four, not two, not three, (laughs) but all four years straight national championships. And through her Mia Hamm Foundation, Mia has been committed to furthering growth of female participation in sports. We are fellow co-owners of Angel City Football Club, and uh, we do that alongside Abby Wambach and numerous other women's national team players who are on that ownership group with us. So with that, welcome, Boot. Hi, darling. Hey. Thanks for taking the time.
1: Good to be here.
0: Happy 50th anniversary of Title IX.
1: I know. It's amazing, isn't it?
0: Crazy, huh? Let's start with this one, if you would. What was women's sports like for you
1: growing up? Well, I think like I, I just look at at soccer specifically and where I grew up, it was mostly co-ed teams. It wasn't there weren't as many um, girls only teams until you got to like 14, 13, 14.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So, um, yeah, I, I just think about life as it really wasn't an option to kind of play on an all girls team. And then now you look around, um, I'm sure your daughter, uh, just there's so many more opportunities for young girls to kind of play at different levels in different environments. Um, so that's exciting for us to see because that that kind of the, challenges them and helps them grow in different ways.
0: Yeah, I remember Lil and you both specifically talking about playing on boys teams growing up. I mean, how yeah. many girls would say that today? It's such a rarity now, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. And, it was... and that was,
0: you just didn't have the opportunity to play on an all girls team. No.
2: For both of you, when did you first learn or have an awareness that Title IX existed?
1: I'd probably say not till high school, where you heard about it and then you started kind of, um, kind of reading more about it, paying more attention. And then obviously going into college, it, me going to a public university and a public high school, especially at UNC, because the opportunity, you know, they talked about how um, we were able to kind of get a jumpstart on a lot of other schools because it was one of the programs that through title nine was initiated. And we were able to get a full kind of, uh, allocation of scholarships right away. Mm. So as where other schools didn't have that commitment so early on. So I think, I think Anson had a full 11 almost right away. And, and that helped us kind of be able to support the program and build the program the way he was uh, so quickly and so early.
0: That's crazy because Stanford didn't, I got the first full soccer scholarship at Stanford. It was my senior year.
1: That's crazy.
0: (laughs) I know. And that was only the first. I mean, that was it. That was one that year and I got it. And then, you know, eventually they got to five and then to 10 and 11. But the fact that you guys were so far ahead and that was, mind you, 20 years into Title IX when we were in college. Yeah. It wasn't like, you know, I, I mean... We may look like we went to college in the 70s, yeah. but we did not go to college Joel's, in the 70s.
1: I was just on a campus this past weekend, <laughs>
0: uh-huh. and
1: um, we don't look like we just went to college
0: <laughs> I know. a couple
1: years ago, by the way. I was like, oh, I feel so old.
0: These They're babies
2: when you look at yeah. them, aren't
0: they? When you go on campus.
2: Yeah. Oh, I know. Julie, why was it that you didn't get a scholarship until your senior year?
0: Well, it took a while for Title IX to actually be enacted, which is why I say that was that was great that UNC was ahead of the curve on that. Because now, mind you, I was I was a national team player in high school, as Mia was. So um, you would think if today's national team players, high school national team players, were looking at colleges, they would have three hundred options for scholarships, right? At least at the Division One yeah. level. I had four. Five maybe that I was looking at because they just didn't have scholarships that, then. It was it took some some uh, litigation actually, uh, Brown University to to actually spur colleges to start adding scholarships and, and that was 20 years into Title IX.
2: So for you, when did Title IX become something that entered your world, if you will?
0: Uh, college is when I started learning about it, but late and only through the Women's Sports Foundation. I never learned about it in school. We're never, we were never taught it in school. I think that's a problem to this day, as we've talked about. So um, yeah, I did not know about it until I got to college and the end of my career. And I think had I known about it, maybe I would have been like, yo, what? why am I not getting a scholarship earlier? You said I was going to get one. <laughs> why aren't we doing this? I wish I had known earlier. I would have rattled the cage.
1: I think the other thing is I remember hearing it more in in a negative light with yeah. the cancellation of men's sports.
0: Exactly. And
1: and boys sports. So, you know, the conversation starter was never positive. It was like, mm-hmm. "Oh yeah, because of Title IX, they have to get rid of this program or get rid mm-hmm. of this men's program." Um and and I remember, gosh, when was that? Jules, were you, you were a part of that group that went to Capitol Hill Mm -hmm. and, and spoke in front of, um, kind of one of the committees about it and just, just really kind of being forced to pay attention and, and to read and to learn and to see the impact that this law has had. And we, we sit here and talk about, you know, athletically how it changed our lives, but academically, Mm -hmm. I mean, because, That's what it was about. It was a civil rights law, first and foremost, looking at education. And then we were able to apply it to athletics. And and I think we we played a sport because of, you know, the requirements to comply with Title IX because of the numbers that, you know, women's soccer kind of got a big boost early on Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. because of the compliance aspect. Mm-hmm. And then also facilities, like we could easily share facilities with football, um, field dimensions were pretty similar and, and in soccer, you just really need two goals and some chalk lines. So mm-hmm. it wasn't this huge expense for athletic departments outside of personnel to really field, uh, a soccer team. Mm-hmm.
2: Can we let the record show that wasn't one of those scholarship offers from UNC, Julie? Yes, it was. To which Anson always used to say to me, (laughs) how are those loans?
0: You still paying them? (laughs) All the time, to this day, you still paying those loans? (laughs) I mean, he could not believe that I would turn down a full ride to go to Stanford. He's like, for like paying full, you know, he's like, what are you doing? (laughs) I, uh, sometimes I'm like, I don't know what I was doing. <laughs> Why did I turn that down? And then he'd go, how about those championship rings? Got any? <laughs> nope. <laughs> Got loans and no rings. You have a
1: lifetime of friendships and memories.
0: <laughs> That's true. Mia would say every, every town we'd go into, are you going to see your Stanford friends? <laughs>
2: <laughs> no, With because she...
1: <laughs> that, that's that's the way she would introduce every conversation. Well, I was talking to my Stanford friends, and we're like, "Ooh, put <laughs> <laughs> the pinky up." Ooh,
0: Stanford friends.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> not not my college friends. It's my Stanford friends. And you have to say it like that: Stanford, yeah, Stanford.
2: Well, moving into your careers on the national team, there were so many huge moments. When did you feel Title IX most in action?
1: One is is the education that we had a right to be there. And, you know, I think at some point you're always grateful for the sacrifices that people um, prior to you have made and, and enabled you to be where you are today. But I, but I think also the expectation shifted to... Um, you know, we deserve to have this funding. We deserve to be here. We, um, and then the other side of it is you see the pool of players every single year grow and get better and stronger. And so I think that that's attributed to title IX and more and more programs, um, investing in their women's soccer players and their facilities, um, You know, I was just at Carolina this weekend and I'm like, oh my God, compared to when I played, just the, the, the high level facilities they have for their female athletes. And, um, you know, you see that all over the country. Um, so I think the support that they're getting, the quality of player, the opportunity, and then for us, just the expectation of what things should be like, rather than like hoping they'll be like so it it was a is a complete kind of mind shift about where we were and where we wanted to go
2: Mm -hmm.
0: i i think i saw that mind shift started in the 96 olympics too because you had our team win gold in the first ever women's soccer event you had basketball win gold of course um you had softball. softball Win gold, uh, team gymnastics. I think US, Team USA won gold in gymnastics. So, yeah. and it was all these women who were crushing it in 96. And that's when people were like, oh, I think that has something to do with that law called Title IX. Yeah. And, and there, was a, there was starting to be conversations about it. Obviously we saw it manifest itself, I think, in nineteen ninety nine with the crowds and and the following and, and really setting a standard for how a woman's sporting event should look like. But ninety six I remember and they called it I think the you know, the Olympics of the woman, um, because we had, I think, such an advantage globally based on Title IX, because women were given an opportunity to play. We're still a lot of countries didn't have that.
1: Yeah. And so synchronized swimming was another
0: yeah,
1: one of the teams. And I think you're right. Like we were all products of, of title nine and that success story. And a lot of us outside a couple sports really um, were able to develop through the collegiate game.
0: Mm-hmm. And I, and I think now when we look at how we're reaping the rewards of title nine, I think of, the stat that always um, I, I love to throw out because it, it shows you the importance of it. 94% of all C-suite level positions for women are athletes. So yeah. women who are in the C-suite position, C-suite meaning they're a higher up senior VP of a company, they're running companies, they're in decision-making positions. 94% of them played sports, those women. And I think- you see it in more women owning businesses, more more women yeah. running businesses. Angel City is a perfect example of that. Yeah, what, what do you notice, mege with a group like Angel City, and why that is so important?
1: I think you learn so many lessons through sport. Um, obviously, how how to prepare and invest, but also how to deal with um, disappointment, kind of conflict resolution. I. I think uh, teamwork, how to to build leadership amongst a group. Um, I think grit, you learn a lot of, about yourself yeah. in, in a team dynamic and how to kind of change your roles when necessary, whether it's a, a leader or supporter um, and how to make a successful team. So to me, it's no surprise that a lot of the women part of our ownership group participated in sports because they learned um, how to build a successful team. You know, I know our former teammates, obviously, but, you know, Kara and Julie and, you know, they talk about they still play sports today. Yeah. They play yeah. in this pickup basketball league. Um, mm-hmm. So it's still very much a part of their, their everyday lives. Mm-hmm.
0: it too i think in that it's just a the thing i always talk about with angel city when you're having women running the business and owning the business it just feels different the shift in mindset of what is possible rather than you should just be grateful you have this yeah. <laughs> which was what we were told for many years um and it it just feels different i think as well
1: it's like raising expectations and and leading but in this really kind of powerful way, I'm, I'm trying to search for a much better word, but just it's uplifting like to be around it. Yeah. And there's a sense of like, okay, how, how can we be better? Um, because we want this, you know, this team, this experience, this, this club um, to, to change the way, you know, women's athletics is viewed and marketed and sold and um, run. And and so I think there's this incredible sense of like community as well as aspiration to continue to kind of break down walls and barriers, but it's such a supportive atmosphere. I, I think that's the other thing for me.
0: Uh-huh. And there's this collective understanding, to your point, that just feels so wonderful in terms yeah. of like, I don't have to tell you how it feels because you've lived yeah. it. So now yeah, I don't know. have to. Yeah, you know, you know, and we're not going back to that. So we're moving forward. Let's turn that page is is the feeling. You don't have to kind of explain that history. It really does feel full circle in terms of, you know, perfect timing on the 50th anniversary of Title IX for yeah.
1: sure. And and I think another part of that initial game that was um so wonderful was to have all of us with our daughters, like our kids. Um, you know, Mac and her son, and then you know, Jules us with our kids and mm-hmm. um, you know,
0: Tish. Katie Fawcett. Yeah, Josh yeah,
1: yeah. and Katie Fawcett's there, and you that's, know, who's basically
0: yeah, sorry, grown
1: up with us and just to have them be a part of this journey, because that's, that's who we're educating on every single day on their value and their belief in themselves of, of what's important and what they deserve in life. And so to have them kind of be a part of this experience with us is, is so wonderful and so touching. Like, mm-hmm. I just, I love seeing our kids together because it's not like we get together a lot, but they just know so much about each other and mm-hmm. um, seem to kind of pick up right where they left off.
0: We, we were saying <laughs> at the second game, we were saying, oh, this is so fantastic because it's a built-in weekly reunion for us. (laughs) Thank you for this. (laughs) As we're all sitting there. It's like, oh, we finally, it's so hard to get together with all the craziness of your kids' lives. And so for us to be able to gather everyone in in those moments, that is a gift in itself as well.
1: Yeah.
2: To you both, what do people need to know about Title IX?
1: Um, I... I think first and foremost, um, that it's a civil rights law. I, I, I think people, because of how they've learned about it, you know where they are in their lives, I, I think older people um, might have a different view on it depending on how it's impacted your life. But if you look first and foremost that it's a civil rights law, I think that changes the way you view it. I remember when I learned that I was like, oh, well, yeah, this is the way it should be. I should have equal opportunity. Like I shouldn't be paying, um, the, the same amount in terms of my education, but not having the same access to scholarships just because I'm a woman, like that makes no sense. And, and so I think making sure that um, people understand that and that holding kind of those empower government in power um, to making sure that people are treated fairly with equal ac- access to, to opportunities.
0: Mm-hmm. What people need to know is Title IX is not a golf company. That's what I get a lot when I ask that question at my all-girls camp. I'm like, oh, no. And I think the thing that I hope, um, especially being the 50th anniversary and we're shining a spotlight on it, is that uh, people are reminded that it still needs to be uh enforced, right? We still have a huge gap in uh in communities where there are young girls and women of color. Uh we still have a large gap in communities um that have people with disabilities. Uh so there needs to be to be more done in this space. And I think this just further illustrates with the 50th and shines a spotlight. I hope that um there there needs to be more done and we need to keep working at it. And and yes, we will celebrate it and there's been great strides, but there's also more work to be done. Mage, what do you want to see going forward for title
1: nine? You know, I, I really wish that we got to a point where you, you didn't need it. It, it, yeah. it. It's just the way it should be because it's the right thing to do, but life doesn't work that way. Mm. So, I think making sure, like you said, we um, continue to hold those accountable and to help the communities that don't have the enforcement and don't have um, kind of the access that you and I were able to, you know, the kind of the areas in which we competed and went to school uh, to make sure that we continue to fight for them um because their value is just as important as yours and mine and our kids um and and to make sure that they get the opportunity not only to play but to go to school and to grow as people and to make a difference in you know people they love and care about lives every single day and our country and our our world so Um, I think, to continue to fight for them. Mm -hmm.
2: Well, while I have the floor with two of the greatest of all time, I'm going to take this opportunity, and I think I'm doing it on behalf of our Dope Village and everyone listening to say thank you to both of you. You have inspired all of us, and the impact you have had is not just in sports, but in our society, and it continues to ripple today. And I feel honored to be able to say thank you. To both of you for all that you have done.
1: Thanks, Lynn. We appreciate it.
0: Thanks, darling. It's all Mia. I was just her water girl. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, whatever. (laughs) You're like, yeah, that's true.
1: How are those student loans?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, Stanford. Oh, Boot, you're the best.
1: Thanks, my dear. Thank you. Talk soon.